White Sox Weekly, your all-access pass to everything White Sox. That baby will go! Lance Lynn with an absolute gem. Deep hooray! It is gone! It's a no-hitter! Carlos Rodon! What a performance! Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. Welcome in to White Sox Weekly. This is the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. We've got a ball game this afternoon, or at least we hope we do. Weather's not cooperating right now, although it does look like, I mean, they say this all the time in the big, so we say it here on the show. Looks like there's a window. Looks like the White Sox and Angels definitely have a chance of getting this one in, so I wouldn't wouldn't be too upset about the weather for today. Got a lot to do on the show this afternoon. Obviously, the White Sox are stuck in a tough stretch. They've only won one of their last 12 games. Uh, They had that eight-game losing streak this past week. They got off the schneid with a win against the Royals. Felt good. It was great to see Andrew Vaughn hit that three-run homer. Uh, But last night in the first tilt against the Angels of a four-game series, uh, things went back to a quiet offense for the White Sox. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more Here's the plan for the show today. Uh, as you know, obviously, we've got White Sox Weekly leading up to the pregame show at 2.30. 3.05 first pitch is scheduled for the White Sox and Angels. We'll be updating the weather throughout the show and letting you know if anything changes for that first pitch. Right now, we're scheduled to start on time, and it looks like that is going to be the case. But if you're you know, driving around in the Chicagoland area, obviously it's a little gloomy, it's a little rainy, it's a little cloudy, the whole thing. Uh, we've played through worse already this year. And remember, too... You know, this schedule, because of the lockout and the short spring training, it's compressed. And especially when you get teams like the Angels, who are just in here for one series, the four-game set this year, you want to get those in. You want to take care of those games. Uh, Everything, I would imagine, is going to be done to make sure that this game gets played today. That's how this usually operates. Uh, Not operating with any inside information, at least not yet. Uh, But I'll tell you if I am... Right now, we're scheduled for a 3.05. Start with Vince Velasquez and Jose Suarez on the mound for the White Sox and Angels. I've got the lineup. We'll get that to you in just a little bit. Here's the plan for the show today. Gavin Sheets, White Sox DH and outfielder, is going to join us right about 12.45. We'll talk with Gavin about his second season in the bigs, his sophomore year, some of the struggles the White Sox are going through, and exactly what can be done to ameliorate some of the offensive issues. Uh, A little bit of a personal note here and i hope you'll allow me a bit of a, a, a i don't know a wayward tangent but over the last week or so i was uh, i had covid and dealt with some pretty mild symptoms tested negative feeling good appreciate all of the well-wishing on twitter and whatnot i really do thank goodness for vaccines and boosters my goodness i i can't imagine how much more this would have been um if not for those so um, I had it, had a couple of days of symptoms, mild, test negative. I'll be at the ballpark on Monday. Len has got the FS1 t- game today. It's Len Casper and AJ uh, Pierzynski on the TV broadcast. I can't be at the park. Joe Brand of WGN, he is the pre- and post-game host for the Blackhawks and also a minor league host, uh, minor league play-by-play man, I should say, uh, is going to do the game today with DJ. Joe is amazing. I've known him for years We used to do a baseball podcast together. He is brilliant. He is talented. He is probably going to take probably going to take my job. Either way, he's fantastic. He's going to be calling the game. We're going to talk with Joe 
at 1 o'clock this afternoon. I want you, White Sox fans, to get to know Joe because he's got your game today and he's terrific. And we'll talk a little baseball with him. Tyler Aki uh, was scheduled to have this White Sox weekly show today. So uh, I bumped him out of that spot. We're going to bug him and have him on at 2 o'clock. Uh, we're going to talk a little baseball with Tyler. He's got a great eye on the division, and we'll kind of bounce it around to some kind of national storylines in and around baseball. So that's the plan. Gavin Sheets coming up here in about 10 minutes. Joe Brand has the game today with Darren Jackson. We'll talk to him at 1. Our own Tyler Aki is going to join us at 2 o'clock. As always, though, this is your show as much as it is mine. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number here on White Sox Weekly. And I... You know, it, it, it has been a tough last week and a half, two weeks now for the White Sox. Offensively, it has been a struggle. The defense was a serious issue in Cleveland and has had some hiccups along the way since then. The pitching, by and large, has been pretty good, but it's gone through its situations as well. So I'm asking you this here on White Sox Weekly. We, we've got a lot of guests today, but you're our primary guest, right? I mean, this is your show for White Sox fans. 312-332-3776. What is the one thing that needs to click for the White Sox to get it right over the next, call it week, week and a half? In your mind, as you've been watching these games, if you've been listening, as you've been listening to Len and DJ, what is it? What's that one thing where you're thinking, man, if this just gets turned around, we're all good. We're all set. We're back to feeling like the White Sox felt in 2021. I've got a couple of those one things, and we're going to go through them you know, throughout the show today. I've got some under-the-hood numbers that I think you'll be interested in from the White Sox offensive perspective uh, that we're going to get to. I've got some news as well, and maybe that's what we'll get to here. Um, as much as anything else, the White Sox have had injuries that have dealt with or at least dealt them blows to who they're able to bring in and, and kind of compete with. Lance Lynn being out is obviously an issue. The White Sox have had to fill up the rotation for him. Yoan Moncada is actually making a, a playing in a rehab game today at AAA Charlotte. I'll give you how that's going in just a minute. But Moncada being out has been an issue for the White Sox offensively. And then Joe Kelly, uh, who's newly signed to the squad. He was pitching with the Dodgers out of relief last year, had a very good season. He has been electric uh, when he's been healthy, he's battled some injuries, um, but he's battling uh, coming back rather from a shoulder injury. He is on the same rehab assignment as Yoan Mancada. Kelly's yet to get in the game. It's early on. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are playing the Charlotte Knights. They're in the bottom of the seventh. Yoan Mancada's come to bat three times. He is one for three with a strikeout. He committed an error on defense. He is playing third base. Good to see him get the rust off there. Uh, not sure what the error was. Uh, but he does have a hit and a strikeout. Uh, and as I mentioned, Joe Kelly yet to get in the game. But good to see Yoan Mankata get into the swing of things, so to speak, in the minor leagues. It it has been, you know, this season so far, offensively for the Sox, really a tale of of two kind of different eras almost. The first eight games where the White Sox went six and two, things looked fine offensively. Yeah, you know, some bumps and bruises to be sure, some early strikeouts, but Luis Robert came on hot, was hitting the cover off the ball, and things felt good. You know, even if it was a bit of a slow start for Tim Anderson or if you know, uh, Jose Abreu was hitting into some hard contact and maybe some outs, you know, that offense worked. It was winning close games. It also had a 10 to 1 win against the Tigers, and then after two rainouts in Cleveland, things went south. 
and whether that's been uh, contact rate that has a trend that kind of tilts one way, whether that's been a walk situation that's yet to really materialize for the White Sox, there needs to be more, from my, from my perspective, and we'll talk with Gavin Sheets about this in a couple of minutes, there's got to be more guys on base for the White Sox right now. And I know you're going to say, oh, Connor, that's simple. It's just so easy. If they could do that, they would wave the magic wand or the magic bat and just fix those things. Yeah, that's true, and it's not easy. But I think if, if we're answering the question, what is the one thing that needs to click for the Sox, it's more base runners. It's a few more walks. It's getting, taking advantage of the pitching staff that's working against you and putting pressure on them, whether that's by squeezing that strike zone down a little bit, being somewhat more selective, all that kind of stuff. Those sorts of things uh, need to happen for this ball club in order to capitalize on the already really good hard hit rate that they've got. We'll get into that in a little bit, but you've heard, you know, whether it's Len or DJ talk about it, whether it's me on the post-game show, whether it's the television broadcast, the television pre- and post-game show, the Sox really are plugging the ball when they make contact. And it's wild to see, you know, kind of the, the numbers that they have had. You know, the ball tearing off the bat. You're going to hear from Lucas Giolito a little bit later in the show talk about exactly this. The ball just absolutely vaporized off the bat in a bunch of different situations. And unfortunately, it falls into mitts uh, more often than they than it ought to for the White Sox in this first, what is it, 7-12 and 12 now, 19 games of the season with Game 20 coming up today. That has been frustrating. Um, but my, by no means is this a team that sees frustrating happen and then just kind of goes away. As much as anything, we're going to talk with Gavin Sheets about that when we come back. Want to talk with you as well. What is the one thing that needs to click for the White Sox in order to turn this last two weeks of baseball around? What is that one thing? 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. Save it in your phones because when we come back, we've got Gavin Sheets, White Sox outfielder and DH, and you got plenty of time here. This is White Sox Weekly. We're on until 2.30, pregame show then. First pitch for the Sox and Angels this afternoon, still scheduled for 305. I'm Connor McKnight. It's White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Sox fans, join us at Guaranteed Rate Field next Friday, April 29th. The White Sox take on the Los Angeles Angels. So that was yesterday. Never mind. Don't join us Friday. That wouldn't make any sense if you came out Friday. That was yesterday. You've already been there if you were there Friday. What you should do instead is grab your friends and head to the park for Miller Lite Bleachers and Brews. You get one ticket and two beers starting at 27 bucks all season long. You must be 21 and over with a valid ID to purchase tickets. Visit WhiteSox.com slash brew. This is White Sox Weekly. I'm Connor McKnight. We've got you up until the pregame show starts at 230 this afternoon, a little rainy out there. The White Sox did cancel outside batting practice. Uh, that's because of the rain, uh, presumably. I, I think we're going to get this one in on time. And I believe I've just gotten the thumbs up from our guys, Jake and Charlie, that our, our guest, Gavin Sheets, is on the phone and ready to roll. So without wasting any more time, uh, Gavin, appreciate you spending some time with us, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, how are you? What's the weather look like at the ballpark right now? Uh, it's a little rainy right now, but you know, hope I see that there's a window. Hopefully, around three o'clock, and uh, hopefully, we can get this one in today. Is uh, is there's a window the most low key baseball phrase of all time? <laughs> that's uh, 
Yeah, we, we hear that way too much. Uh, and it seems like for the whole month of April for us, it's been uh, every day has been about a window, uh, whether it's been rain or, or snow or, or whatever it's been. It seems like that's been the kind of month it's been for us. What is maybe this maybe you need a minute to think about it. I feel like I'm going to put you on the spot with this. and I, I don't want to. But at some point during our conversation here, I'll, I'll ask you for your favorite rain delay story you know you obviously played college ball and minor league ball and here you've probably had a couple of rain delays that have gone on far too long i you know usually for me when when the socks get into a rain delay or something like not that we've got one scheduled for today if people are listening like oh we delayed no we're not (laughs) um you know i I do the thing have you seen have you seen uh uh, the great escape it's a mcqueen movie and he's throwing the baseball up against the wall and bouncing it back to himself you know you bounce it on the floor it bounces on the wall and comes back to you Sure. That's the move in the booth for me. I don't know if you have a thing like that, but that's I'll do that up in the booth while I'm on Rain Delay Theater. We we definitely break out the cards during that um, to try to just stay stay loose and keep keep it light and um, you know kind of get our minds off a little bit because obviously during rain delays, I mean you gotta you just gotta kind of stay light during it and um, stay into it, but but also kind of relax a little bit and so that when the time comes, you're ready to get going again. What is the card game of choice? Who's the best? Uh, we play pluck. It's kind of like split, uh, spades, um, so it's like a it's a team game, and um, it's it keeps it light. And there's definitely a lot of uh, trash talk going on during it. <laughs> That's uh, I'm gonna have to look that one up. I don't know pluck. Uh, I've played games like that though, like uh, trump card games. That kind of thing. sure. It's always a good yep. one. Euchre was always popular when I was growing up. No one actually knows the rules, I don't think, but you play it anyway. That's a fun one. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like most card games. Yeah, just yelling and screaming and, and cards involved. Um, Gavin, obviously the last two weeks have been a tough one for the offense. Um, you guys have hit the ball hard. Uh, we're going to go through some of the numbers later in the show, but like all of the metrics show that you guys are ripping the cover off the baseball. The runs haven't come. Is that something that is... Is that is that a positive thing to talk about in the clubhouse? Is that something that you have kind of moved past as a as a team, as a talking point, as a you know where where is the mindset of this offense right now? Yeah, you know, obviously, you, you know, when you're sticking to the process, you know, hitting the ball hard, hit, driving the baseball like last night. I mean, some of the balls that were hit to the outfield last night were were ridiculous. That that none of them were hits or or home runs. Um, but I, I mean, it's 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 part of the process. You know, you try to. Not get result oriented, um, no matter how hard it is. I mean, obviously, right now we're going through it. You know, everybody knows we're going through it, and and as a team collectively, and um, you know, you, you just have to trust that the work you're putting in, and and you know, while we're not seeing results right now, we're doing a lot of really good things. It's just, you know, unfortunately, everything's kind of going against us, and um, you know, as, as hard as it is to not be result oriented, um, you know, we believe that if we keep swinging the bats the way we are. Um, that, that things are going to start to change and, um, you know, the results are going to start to be there. I remember a conversation you and I had in Milwaukee last year, and I, I was talking with Bennett Souza when he first came up this year, just kind of about how this clubhouse has, how this group of guys, and not just limited to the, to the actual players on the field, but the coaches, the staff, everybody, that this group feels really good together, that it's got that kind of whatever it is that keeps people up. Any way you can describe that to people who haven't been in a locker room the way you've grown up in one your entire life? Is yeah. there anything similar? It, it's just a special group of guys. Um, you know, obviously, right now it's being tested. Um, but I think that what's been the, the, the most important part is, you know, we, we've stuck together. Um, you know, this is this is tough. It's, you know, you can't sugarcoat it. You know, losing... You know, ten of your last eleven. I don't care what team you're on. It's it's a tough situation, and you know everybody's staying together. No one's pointing fingers. 
Um, you know, everybody's working hard, and that's the biggest thing. You know, if we can we get past this and, and get on a little bit of a roll, you know, um, it's only going to make us stronger going forward. And, you know, obviously right now it, it's tough. It's, it's something that we need to get through as a team, and, um, but it's certainly not breaking us up in the clubhouse. And I think that's the, the most important part is that, you know, when we get out of this and start winning some games and start getting going, um, you know, we're going to be a lot better because of this little stretch that we're going through right now. You know, talking with Gavin Sheets here on White Sox Weekly, appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us, Gavin. Um, I'm wondering, you know, the, the walks haven't been there for you guys over the last two weeks or so. Obviously, you've faced some tough pitchers. There's no doubt about it. I, I think back to the night you guys had against Robbie Ray, though. You had everything working against a very, I mean, this literally last year's Cy Young pitcher. Yeah. What What does it take for a 1-9 through nine to walk more? I, is, is it too easy just to say, hey, walk more? Yeah, it's it's a very fine line, um, you know, because you want to stay aggressive. And I think, you know, last year when we were swinging the bats really well, that was we weren't walking much either. And so it's it's one of those things where you know when we're swinging the bat well, we weren't walking because we were so aggressive and we weren't missing our pitch. And you know, obviously, right now with the struggling, it's something that's standing out. But um, no, I, I think that it's just you know it's a fine line of staying aggressive, not missing your pitch, but also you know not chasing outside the zone. And um, you know, I think that's the the fine line that we're going with right now and um you know if we can start to walk a little bit more and get the guy in the zone i think that's a victory but if if we also are are hammering our pitch early in the counts then that's also a a a bonus so um it's definitely a fine line and and you know something that that we've always done is we've always been aggressive and i think that's what's made us so special last year and and you know it's it we're still hitting the ball hard right now but um you know they're not falling but i think it's a matter of you know making sure that you're not missing your pitcher on the count but also not chasing outside the zone for you personally gavin and, and more larger picture than anything else i mean yes the last two weeks have been hard for everybody but i i'm kind of i want to remove that from the the conversation here what's the biggest difference about how you you're getting pitched about how guys are coming at you from your rookie season mm-hmm. to this year i mean that's that's a big jump for a lot of players you know going from year one to year two sure i i think that um you, you know they're it's tough every week is every series has been a little bit different um you know i think that they're i proved that i can hit the ball at the ballpark last year so i think that they're a little more tentative and in terms of when they're attacking me and you know the the ahead in the count fastballs aren't always there it's you know sometimes it's the breaking balls the change-ups um you know just kind of a little bit more tentative um because they kind of made me prove last year that i could i could do some damage on fastballs and and i was able to do that and so now it's kind of a a cat and mouse game in terms of you know getting your pitch early, but but also not falling into their plan of of chasing off speed and and um, so the biggest thing for me is just being able to stay aggressive, but also be mindful that um, you know if, if they're not going to come to me, that I gotta I have to wait for my pitch, and um, I, I think that's been a big thing and and something that I'm still adjusting to. Um, I think week by week I've been trying to improve on it, and um, you know that's part of being a young player and, and learning how to to stay in the big leagues. You were a guy last year, and, and even this year, I think you've already had, like, what, two cue shots off the end of the bat against yeah. the shift that have gotten you on base. Is that, when when you see that shift up there, you've got to obviously get your pitch, but also you know that there's a wide open swath of infield that all you got to do is kind of lay one out there. The approach there is what? And, and who do you talk to about where your mind needs to be at in that particular situation? Yeah, you know, it's tough. Obviously, you look out there and you see, you know, that big hole at third base um, and you see all the guys in right field and, and, and up the middle. Um, but it, it's 
it's also that fine line of, you know, you're here to, I'm in the lineup to do damage. And so as soon as I try to, you know, shoot the ball to the third baseline and, and hit a ground ball to the left side, it's, it's almost like the other team's winning. You know, that's kind of what they want you to do. They want you to see that hole and they want you to get away from your strengths and, and your game plan and, and kind of shoot that hole. But um, no, as you said, with, with two strikes, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that, happy to, to kind of shoot that hole and, and, you know, not get beat out front and, and kind of use that to my advantage. But um, at the same time, I also have to be, you know, mindful that, that I'm here to do damage and, and drive the baseball. And so as soon as I start to get passive and, and defensive, um, you know, that's when the shift that they're doing is really working for them. Are you, you know, I, I know I'm kind of asking the guy who's might maybe affected most by, you know, lefty sluggers, that kind of thing. Are you for banning the shift like we're hearing beginning talked about for next season? It sounds like it'll be, you know, I'm guessing at this. It sounds like two infielders, you know, two on either side of second base, and whether they can or can't be in the outfield, we don't really know yet. But yeah. fan of that, interested in it. Um, I, where are you I'm at? In, I'm interested in it. Um, you know, I I hate to say if I'm a fan or not. I think that you know, it's it's a part of baseball. I, I hate to see something banned because you know people think it's unfair or something. Um, but I do think that you know seeing the guys putting the second baseman out in right field and, and almost doing a four outfield um, type shift. And, you know, I, I'm not sure that's what the shift's all about. You know, I don't think that's what it, how it originated. And I think that, you know, it's, it's been taken a little bit too far, but um, you know, it's also part of baseball. Also, you, I still have the ability to, to shoot the third base line and, and get some hits that way. So, um, you know, it works both ways. And so, you know, I, I haven't decided if I'm for it or against it yet. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't know if if banning the shift is is the best way to go about it. Yeah, I'm with you. I I don't like the idea of banning the shift personally. I'm not a lefty slugger of any imagination. <laughs> but I, at the same time, I think kind of think. And you've been a guy who's played with the pitch clock, right? The pitch uh, timer yeah. thing in the minors. I think that fixes the problem we're talking about here more than banning the shift does. That's just mm-hmm. that's my two cents. Yeah, it definitely speeds up games. Um, you know, it's. It's a little different to get used to the the pitch clock um, in terms of just kind of being rushed to get into the box. But no, I, I've heard it speeds up games. I've heard this year, especially they've kind of cracked down on it more in AAA. And yeah. um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate it to the big leagues. Um, but you know, I think that I don't I don't see banning the shift speeding up the game by any ways. But you know, I think that you'll start to see um, maybe some averages go up in terms of that. Yeah, see, I think, you know, if a pitcher can't stomp around a mound for a minute and a half before he gives the the next 99-mile-an-hour fastball, then I, <laughs> I think you've got a better chance of hitting it. You know, that's yeah. just kind of where my head's at. Yeah, it'll definitely keep you in a rhythm more. You know, I think that, you know, it could help both pitchers and hitters. It could keep the pitchers in a rhythm more, yeah. knowing that they got to stay sped up, and um, it'll definitely keep the hitters in the box and, and ready to go. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to, to talk to some of my buddies in AAA to see how they're liking it. Um, you know, I don't... I don't know about the if you're not in the box, it's a strike three call. I've heard of some of those that, yeah, have, yeah, you know, I don't know how that's going to fly over. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think that something like that could be uh, beneficial. Gavin, appreciate it as always, man. Uh, best of luck in your next pluck game. Awesome. Thank you very much. Gavin Sheets, White Sox outfielder, designated hitter, all-around good guy, our guest here on White Sox Weekly. You can entertain your group in the CIBC Fan Box, the only luxury suite on the main concourse. Enjoy customizable food and beverage options this season. 
For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit whitesocks.com slash suites. We'll let you know what we got coming up next on White Sox Weekly in just 10 seconds. This is White Sox Weekly. I'm Connor McKnight. We got a lot more baseball conversation coming up. I am uh, not at the ballpark until Monday. I had COVID last week, and I've got to cool out just a little bit here. However, it's my pleasure to be hosting this show for us and to talk with Joe Brand. He's going to call the game today. Len and A.J. Pruszynski have the FS1 call on television. Joe Brand and Darren Jackson will call the game here for us on ESPN 1000. We're going to introduce you to Joe when we come back. Don't go anywhere. It's White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Would it help to throw first pitch strikes? Yeah, I, I think it I think it probably would. Um, and I think you know some of those numbers can skew, too. If a guy's out there for a real long appearance where he's just not throwing strikes, that can skew some things. I'm thinking of Dallas Keuchel's start against the Guardians. That was an especially tough one. Uh, and that may have had a lot of first-pitch strikes, guys swinging early and making contact. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. Trying to, What is the one thing, in your perspective, that the White Sox need to do to flip the switch, so to speak? We'll take a phone call here, take a quick break, and then more calls uh, before we get to the pregame show at 2.30. Out in Elgin, it is Dean. Dean, you're on White Sox Weekly. What's up, my man? Hey, Connor, thanks for taking my call. I don't mean to hype, harp this any longer, but there's no balance in the White Sox hitting lineup. You have predominantly right-handed hitters. You're relying on a left, uh, left-handed hitter. Yasmani Grindel is a 240 career hitter. You're relying on sheets where you're putting a lot of pressure on him. Mancata in the spring was hitting 100. So you're putting a lot of pressure on trying to find left-handed hitting, which we do not have. That should have been number one priority for Rick Hahn in the offseason. That, that should have been his, his whole thing. The other thing, really quick, um, what was with Aloy, when you're looking at the tape, he changed his batting stance around. So before he got hurt, he had an open stance, gets two strikes, and he closes his stance. Aloy's power is middle out. Luis Robert, power, middle out. I'm sick and tired of watching our right-handed hitters out around every single slider. It drives me nuts. Mm. That's it. I, I, I feel a lot better getting that off my chest. But, you know, even, even if LaRusa had somebody come off the bench in a situation, who's he got? Lurie Garcia? I mean, it, it's unbelievable that we don't have any left-handed hitting depth. That's my point. I, I appreciate taking the time. Dean, appreciate you, my man. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the acquisition here was, uh, or part of the philosophy here, was having Yohan Mankata, who's got the, you know, as we mentioned, kind of the 460 on base. That would help, especially as a left-handed hitter. Um, it's not just the batting. I remember looking at the numbers. When the White Sox hit home runs, mm-hmm. a significant difference when they don't. And when we and, and when you look at the strength of the team, that's what it is. When you look at Aloy, Jimenez, um, I mean, all our top players, we rely on them to hit home runs. That's just weird now. But there is a concern kind of that, you know, we hear, you know, maybe the ball is a little different, but. That, to me, is my biggest concern. You're going to have to get these guys that we rely on to hit home runs because that is the strength of, of, of the White Sox. It is. It's not necessarily it a contact team, but they put this team together as a home run. Even the ballpark is conducive to hitting home runs. So you know, that, that's my main concern. You, you, you have to get a Brady going, Yasmani Grandal, 
uh, uh, Louis Robert when uh, uh, our third baseman comes Moncada, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but but that's it. That that's the strength that all teams have. Strength. The strength of the White Sox is, is relative to all things. Is hitting home runs. Thanks, Kyle. You got it, Ron. Appreciate you, my man. He hit the break, and uh, so did we. That's going to do it for us on White Sox Weekly. Big thanks to Gavin Sheets and Joe Brand and Tyler Aki for joining. Pre-game shows next for the White Sox and Angels. I'm Connor McKnight. It's the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. <laughs>